This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate podcast. I am your host, Mike Ellison. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We've made it. Best holiday around. Couple days, well, not a couple of days away. It's actually just a day away. We're 24 hours at the time of this recording from Thanksgiving Day. Maybe a little less than whatever. We're not counting. Who cares? Um. But before we get into anything to do with my favorite holiday, I got to talk a little bit about my least favorite sport. My least favorite sport is back. It's sort of like, um, is it like cicada bugs? Like they, they don't come around very often. Um, they, it, it hibernates underground like the cicada, you know, and then that's the thing. And then it comes out and now instead of cicada bugs who are actually, you know, they make an annoying noise, but overall they're harmless and they're not gonna do anything. Uh, Soccer fans are not harmless. They are um, arrogant, uh, pompous uh, douchebags. That's what they they are, and they all rise to the surface every four years for their big douchey tournament. That uh, you know they have to remind you at every twist and turn that it is the you know it's the most important sporting event in the world. It's just the most important sporting event in the world. And that's supposed to make me give a shit. Just because everybody else in the world's watching it, I have to care. Is that really what we're going with? But that's, you know, that's just the beginning of their fucking stupid. I, I I can't stand them. I hate soccer fans. I hate I mean I hate the game of soccer as it's boring. It's a boring sport. There can be no goals. You can watch a 90-minute soccer game with stoppage time and extra time and not even see a single scoring play and just I mean, how do you not drift to sleep? And then it's just like the roar of the crowd and they have some chance like it's kind of like white noise, honestly. It really, it's almost like it's meant to put you to sleep. Unless you're there and you have to defend yourself for the uh, upcoming riot, you know. I mean, how many, right. I, I mean, oh, it's the global sport. Yeah, how many times has this sport caused a fucking riot? An actual riot. Like, I know I'm a crazy Jets fan. I scream and yell at the TV every Sunday. Um, but ultimately, I've never started a riot. I've never been like, time to get the Molotov cocktails out because my fucking soccer team lost 1-0, which is another thing too. Americans need to stop saying nil. I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. Enough. Just say fucking zero. Say the score. Say the numbers the way it's supposed to be said. You're not this sleek, fucking cunning, like, 
European uh, soccer fan. You're a fucking fat douche who once every four years pretends to love this sport more than they love anything else. And I, I have no tolerance for it anymore. I have none. It's horrible. It's like trying to figure out what's worse. Every four years we have to elect uh, a shitty president who's going to do nothing for us. Or every four years we got to watch fucking soccer or at least hear about soccer because I'm not watching it. That's for sure. People are like, you getting up at five in the morning to watch uh, fucking Wales versus the United States? And it's like, uh, no, no, I'm not. I don't care about Wales. I don't care about Saudi Arabia pulled up the upset. Who gives a shit? They literally helped 9-11 happen and you want to celebrate them. You know what I mean? Like we want to celebrate. What a comeback. They beat Argentina. Yeah, they also had like all of the hijackers on the planes. Like do I really need to watch this sport and root for a country like that? I don't know. And it, that's not even really it. It's just it's just a boring fucking game. It really is. And if you question it with these people, if you make any types of mild criticisms against the sport, they act like you just stabbed their mother. All of them across the board. Uh, you just and then they they just like tell you about how not educated you just you know you don't understand. You don't, you're not educated on this sport. Like, oh my God. You make me want to throw up. Soccer fans, when they fucking go on their little lectures that make me want to vomit. I want to stick my fingers down my throat, induce the vomit, and just projectile it onto their face every time I got to listen to them explained the glory that is a uh, one-nil soccer game. Enough. It's enough. You know, I mean, everybody can enjoy what they enjoy. You know, if, if you're into soccer, enjoy it. Get up at fucking four o'clock in the morning, put your jersey on, and get ready to watch uh, grown men kick a ball around Uh to no avail for basically 90 minutes. Like that's really what the game is. Like there's 90 minutes of the ball being kicked back and forth and no one really having an advantage. And there's no uh, suspense because it you're just bored out of your fucking skull. And honestly, it, honestly, it's fine. If that's what you find to be riveting, then go ahead. Do you? But they're a bunch of sensitive little bitches, man. You know, like, I'm never going to not criticize the NFL. It's my favorite sport. But let's be real. Like, the criticism is deserved. They tried to cover up uh, CTE. You know, they didn't want anybody to know about uh, concussions. And they even, just this year, they botched it pretty bad with the Tua, Tua situation. I'm not going to butcher his last name. Tua Tekavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
goes out and then the following week gets blasted again and now it's like he might be on death's door and they're like oh i don't know why that happened it's like well maybe your medical fucking team should have stepped up a little more and i know by the way that's like not the team doctors making that decision that's uh non uh like non-associated doctors like they are uh I, I guess neutral is the word I'm trying to look for here that I'm struggling to think of. But you know what I'm saying? They're not affiliated with the team. They're not even really affiliated with the league. They are independent. They are uh, there to make sure that these players don't die on the field because that's a good idea to not let the players die on the field. But, uh, you know, uh, they botched that one. And Tua could have been a really fucking tragic situation. Fortunately, it wasn't, and he's okay, and he's playing football again. That's all well and good. I hope he blows it and sucks because he's in the same division as my team, but nevertheless, I digress. My point is is that the NFL earns criticism every day, every week. Some team owner or player or a ref, some dumb shit happens every fucking week. It's part of what makes us like the sport. Dumb shit is entertaining. And on top of it, you can criticize it. There's nothing wrong with it. You should be critical of the things that you appreciate and like because you want them to be better. So the idea that I can't criticize soccer at all because that makes me like a unsophisticated, big, fat, slobbish American. Like, no, that that part is already true. I am already an unsophisticated fat slobbish American who also just happens to see that this game that you guys all worship like by the way the worship only comes once every four years by the way all right because uh there's a major league soccer thing you know American major league soccer uh there's a bunch of different other soccer leagues and you know they don't really pay attention to them they don't really give a shit about them and they certainly don't support them but then you know, the, every four years, the World Cup comes back and they're fucking, you know, saying one nil all the time and they're fucking running around in their, their soccer hooligans now once every four years. So that's the other part that gets me with it. It's like, I'm passionate about the NFL 365, 24-7 and you're going to come at me because once every four years, you get you put your little pompous douchebag hat on and run around screaming about Team USA and act like it's the greatest thing in the world. And I mean, to a lot of people it is. To a lot to most of the world it is, and that's fine. You know, I I tend to go against the grain. I am a uh against the grain type of person. I don't like to uh ride with the tide. I don't like to roll with the fucking the rest of the squad. I like to go upstream when everybody's going downstream. You know, uh, I did this with Marvel. Like, I remember how, how popular those Marvel movies were. And I just kept saying, just wait. Just wait. It's going to be shit soon. I already think it's shit, but it's going to be shit soon. And now every one of those Marvel-loving douchebags in the world that basically wanted to suck off Disney every time they came out with a new one, is now like, yeah, you know, I think they might have oversaturated. Might have oversaturated it, 
might have oversaturated it. Might have. It might have been a little much. 475 movies later. 55 fucking new television shows later. A new fucking show popping up every other day. Oh, this show is actually... This is about the Hulk's cousin. The Hulk's got a cousin who's... uh. He's kind of Hulkish too. He's cousin Hulk. And uh he's got a brother who's a werewolf and now they're fighting crime in uh New Jersey. I got so fired up about that one. I I knocked the the mic cord out. But yeah, you know the Hulk's cousin has his own show and uh they got another superhero, uh Ant-Man's uh uncle. He's uh He's actually just a plumber, but he's... Uh, no, he's actually an exterminator. That's that's the ironic part. Ant-Man's uncle's an exterminator who... Uh, he kills a lot of ants, but now he's recognized the, the uh, serious wrongs of his ways. See, I'm writing more Marvel shows by the minute, and don't be surprised if Disney comes out with some of this shit. They will. And a bunch of you... Everybody down the stream, they went. Down the stream, they went. And I don't do that. That's not how I roll. So, no, you're never going to get me to just embrace soccer and be like, oh, you know, I understand the sophistication of it now. It's it's kind of like beer snobby people that, you know, they like they see you drinking a Bud Light at a party and they got to shame you. They have to shame you for drinking light domestics because there's something wrong with it in their mind. It's not, you know, classy enough. It doesn't, you know, exude uh, enough sophistication or, you know, you got to fucking, you know, live up to some fucking higher than that fucking standard. I I don't know what it is when it's like, hey, we're drinking to get drunk here. Who cares if I'm drinking Bud Light and you're drinking douchebag breweries IPA? It, It doesn't matter. But, you know, um. To some it does. To some it does. Some believe that it like makes them cool or different or interesting. But there's nothing uh, ultimately that cool about uh, being a beer snob, about being uh, a Marvel fan or a soccer fan. You know, so listen, do what you want. You know, watch your uh, shitty movie or drink your disgusting beer. Uh, or drink your disgusting beer while you watch your boring-ass sport. Whatever it is you like to do, it's fine, but it's also okay for me and p- people like me to make fun of it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't even make a joke about soccer the other day. I read a tweet to a guy I was talking to. Uh, I was like, oh, this is a pretty funny tweet, and I didn't realize he was one of those these soccer people. And I just read this tweet to him because it was like football, American football, like four, four quarters, 15 minutes a quarter. Uh, you know, uh, NBA basketball, 12 minutes a quarter, four quarters, right? Uh, hockey, three periods, 20 minutes each, whatever. You know, it's basically just breaking down the, the timing of each game. And that's like soccer. It's a mystery. And that's, it's just a joke. It's a joke. It's funny. 
Now, for those that really want to know, soccer is 90 minutes plus stoppage time. It's a running clock, and the clock goes up as opposed to going down. What's the difference there? Who knows? Who cares? Um, You could just stop the clock on the stoppages, and then that way you don't waste game time that way. But they like to keep the clock running, and then there's a guy whose job is to collect the stoppage time and then they add up all the stoppage time and they add that to the end. So then it's like at the end when it's 90 minutes, they go, what? It's not actually over yet. There's seven more minutes of this hell. And then you get to watch them fucking. And then they kick the ball some more. Nothing really happens. There's a couple more chants. Some, you know, drunken soccer hooligans. And I guess you got to get fucking bombed up, right? You got to get real, real shit faced. See, like I'll go to a Jets game or you know, a baseball game, hockey game. And I like to have a couple of cocktails, sure. But I want to remember the game. I want to be, the game is what I'm there for. You know, I'm not there to just be a drunken slob. I'm there to enjoy the game. So I want to be able to remember the game. I want to be into the game. I want to be paying attention to the game, pay, play by play. But with soccer, it's just this continuous, like, bleh, meh of boring to a point where I guess all that you have left is to just pound back as many beers as you possibly can. And the more fun part is, I guess, chanting in the stands or uh, pummeling the person next to you in the stands. You know, that sounds, and that's all well and good. Um, And I guess to, to close this up about soccer, because I'm sure everybody wants me to do another 40 minutes on it, but I'll just end with this too, is that for all the bullshit of, you know, other sports, whether it's, you know, Major League Baseball, football, hockey, um, there's plenty of, you know, like I've already discussed, shady shit that goes on. It doesn't get any shadier than FIFA. Like, all you, you don't have to go that far back, folks. I mean, do a little bit of research. 2015 FIFA, and you'll find everything I'm talking about. Just right now, the where they're playing the fucking games in Qatar. Uh, there was some bribe shit going on. Uh, there was, like, human rights abuses to build the fucking stadiums. Bodies were dropping left and right, and they didn't give a fuck because they were like, nah, this is the most important sport in the world. It's the most important sporting event in the world. So it's okay if we put some bodies. We drop some bodies. It's fine. Oh, they're out there fucking building a stadium in 120 degree heat. Whatever the fuck it was. No problem. It's fine. They're dying for the cause because it's the most important sport in the world. Don't you know it's more important than the Super Bowl, you stupid American? Don't be a... Why do you have to have such American tastes? Not everything needs to be a bacon cheeseburger with french fries. Can't you just enjoy a fucking, I don't know, what do they eat in Europe? I don't know, something with fish. Something that sucks. Something that is not as good as the bacon cheeseburger. That's for sure. But I know where I'll be. I'll be with the fat unsophisticated Americans having the bacon cheeseburger, having the Bud Light and watching good old fashioned American football 
where they show me, where they beat me down, beat me down with advertising, and <laughs> there's stoppages every five seconds so I can watch a co- coach curse out a fucking guy in a zebra costume. That's what I'm into. That's that shit I like. So don't come between me and my fucking sport, you rat fuck soccer fans. Go back into the dirt like the cicadas, because I don't need you. Enough of you already. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, we should all be thankful. And it's important to remember what we're thankful for. And when you sit down at the table, and you got the mashed potatoes, and you got the turkey, and the stuffing, the corn, that cranberry sauce right out of the can, right out of the can cranberry sauce, that nice big boat of gravy, and you just pour it right over the top of everything on your plate. The fucking vegetable casserole, whatever, all that shit. You just got a big mound of fucking food on your plate. You pour the gravy over the top. A little salt, a little pepper. You sit there. The whole family is at the table. Maybe you do grace. Maybe, you know, someone says a prayer or something, you know, whatever it is. You do a little cheers, a little toast or something. And then someone like my aunt, who does this at every Thanksgiving dinner, she stops everything and goes, but before we eat, when all you want to do is fucking start hammering the plate. But she goes, but before we eat, I think it's important that we go around the table and everybody says what they're thankful for. I'll go first. I'm so thankful. And before she could even get to thankful, she can't even get thankful out of her mouth yet. She's already blubbering away. She's already fucking full-blown, like, Hollywood waterworks, like, fountain fucking exploded, crying. Everyone at this table is so funny. And, like, it's that crazy cry. Where they can't, like, breathe right. (laughs) You know, one of those. And the whole time, you're just sitting there and you're looking. You're looking at that first, like, fork full of turkey, mashed potatoes. and You just got it all mixed together and you're going, man, I really just want to take this bite. I really want to take this bite, but once she finishes, now the next person goes. And everybody, it's kind of just going around and, and... Soon enough, they're going to be to you. Soon enough, they're going to be to you, and you're going to have to say what you're thankful for. It's going to be your turn. And when the tides finally reach you, and everybody's all eyes on you, and they're expecting you to do what your aunt did, or at least something similar, and say something heartfelt, say something meaningful, say something that brings a smile or a tear of joy to everybody at the table's eye, to have a moment of beautiful human connection. And when that moment comes, and you look across that table of loved ones, friends, and family, you sit there and you go, I know what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that every week I get to listen to the greatest podcast 
ever created. That, of course, would be a total degenerate podcast. So you subscribe, you rate, you review. You tell everybody at that table, you better subscribe, you better rate, you better review. You should follow the podcast on Instagram at a total degenerate podcast on Instagram. You should love this man more than you love anything else in life. And it is the most thankful I've ever been for anything. And, you know, I bet if the pilgrims and the Indians, they had this podcast, they would have been very thankful as well. Perhaps they would have been so thankful that they wouldn't have murdered each other at large rates. Perhaps they would have been so thankful. The smallpox blankets would have been, hey, let's put those off to the side. No need for those. We got this great podcast to listen to. But that's, you know, I can't change history. All I can do is look for the future. And I know that I'm thankful for a future full of more of these ridiculous rants and oh we have some fun we have some laughs don't we (laughs) so please subscribe rate review tell all your friends uh follow the podcast on instagram at a total degenerate podcast and have yourself a wonderful turkey day thank you one of the uh biggest signs that you're getting older is how you uh how you deal with Thanksgiving Eve plans. You know, Thanksgiving Eve, when you're like 18 to 23, I would say that five-year period uh, specifically, 18 to 23 is usually one of the most fun nights out you could possibly have. Everybody's out. Everybody's around. around. You get to see all the people you haven't seen in months because they're away at college. And everybody's down the fucking party the night away. It's such a good time. And, you know, I have a lot of fond, drunken but fond memories of those uh, nights. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, I just find that ultimately, um, you know, at my current age, I just fucking... I have no interest anymore. You know, I have no interest in the packed out bar scene. I don't want to be around that many people. I certainly don't. There's plenty, like all those people that I used to get excited to see. I'm like, oh, it's fucking Jimmy from math class. I remember him. He was, he fucking showed his asshole in math class. That it was funny. That guy, you don't want to see that guy anymore because he's not, it's not funny anymore. It's just a sad state of affairs. You know, when you see Jimmy from math class and, you know, he's still living with his parents and he just got fired from Walmart, you're not really, uh, you know, you know he's not drinking because he's looking to have a good time. He's trying to, he's trying to forget. (laughs) And, you know, it's not fun anymore in your 30s going out for those nights. Because the people that are out are usually uh, depressed and might be, this might be the last moments before they kill themselves. Like you don't want to wish that and you you certainly don't want it to happen, but you can't save everyone. So, you know, you just kind of want to just stay home, 
little Netflix, you know, a couple beers on the couch, and you can, you know, get a good night's sleep and be up early before the games kick, you know? Get a little breakfast in before the before the turkey. I don't that's my idea. I know I just think it's um it's gotten to a point where, yeah, at thirty-four years old, the 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 bar scene is gone behind. And it's especially the crowded bar scene. I could deal with a dump. Give me a nice empty dive bar where I got plenty of room to spre- stretch out and I can listen to the game, you know, put the fucking volume on the game and I can hear it. I don't mind that, but these crowded nights, the Thanksgiving eves, now those days are done. Those days are long dead. And thankfully for that, uh, I guess that's one thing I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the fact that I'm no longer a part of the uh, drunken disgraces that uh, frequent the hometown bars, local bars. You know, especially because we all have the one local shithole that everybody goes to. I, I did a whole podcast on ours, The Douchey Villager. Everybody around my town knows what bar I'm talking about. It's The Douchey Villager. It's run by a douche. It's four douches. It's, I mean, really, that's honestly what they should change the name of that bar to. But they won't. They won't because they're too big of douchebags to actually recognize how big of douchebags they truly are. And every douchebag on the planet flocks there. It's, you know, douches attract more douches and they all get together and they have a big douchey Thanksgiving Eve party. I'm pretty sure I remember when we were younger that the guy who ran the douchey, uh, he used to, uh, he would raise prices on... I guess Thanksgiving Eve because he wanted to price gouge because he knew every douchebag was going to flock to his douchey bar and he had to out douche all of the douchebags coming. So he decided that uh, Bud Lights had to be $8 as opposed to the normal five because he's a prick and that's how he rolled. So, you know, uh, you just, uh, if you're going to go out, uh, I, Try to find a nice quiet spot. That's my recommendation. If you're going to go out, try to find somewhere quiet. We can actually meet up with the friends that you, the only people you're going to really want to talk to anyway, and have a nice, quiet, fun night of you and your friends hanging out, talking and bullshitting, not, uh, you know, getting screamed at by some douchebag that from high school that you haven't talked to in 10 years and you won't talk to again for the next 10 years. Or maybe again for the rest of your lives, because by the time 10 years comes, they're dead, you know, oh, you know, or at least hopefully they're dead and you're alive. I mean, I'm not saying I hope that they die. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying here? It's just like if one's got to go, I'm hoping it's you, my listeners, not the douchebag that you don't want to see from high school. You guys are great. I want you to listen. You know, I, I don't need the douchebag from high school that doesn't listen. You know, I, I want more listeners. So you get what I'm saying here. So be safe. Definitely don't drive. That's, that's one thing too. It's Thanksgiving Eve. They're going to have the fucking DWE checkpoints set up everywhere. Uh, it's not worth your license. It's not worth killing somebody. Obviously is big, big one. It's yeah. Lawyers. It all costs a lot of money. 
Uber, yeah, Uber's going to price gouge you a little bit, but 40 bucks for an Uber or 10 grand for uh, a Dewey, you know, it's a pretty easy decision. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, be safe and all that too. So have fun, but be safe. And I recommend not even going out at all. Stay away from it. They're all a bunch of douchebags. Now that uh, the news just dropped as I'm sitting here recording, Zach Wilson will not be starting for the Jets on Sunday. Uh, not great, because uh, that means the other options are the uh, statue uh, that is Joe Flacco, who is, uh, yeah, he is washed and old and useless. And then Mike White, who uh, if he was any good, he would have been starting already. The truth of the matter is he's not good. He won us one game and everybody wants to anoint him a superstar. He's not a superstar. He sucks. Um, so yeah, this sucks. Uh, I mean, Zach Wilson also sucks. So there's no real good answer. It's just misery as always for the Jets. But hey, you know, um, this is, uh, this is the fucking reality of being a Jets fan. So a very depressing start to my Thanksgiving Eve. But nevertheless, uh, we're into the football segment here. I got to throw out some winners. Again, I think I did pretty well. I know right off the top of my head, I won two of the three that I gave out because I gave out the Chargers. And I gave out, um, who's the other? Oh, I gave out the Colts. So that's two. I Fuck, who else did I... It doesn't matter. Who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares. So I don't even care. Somebody else could tell me my record and I'll correct it next week. I don't have time to fucking go back and figure out what the third pick was that I can't remember off the top of my head. But nevertheless, at the very least, two out of three ain't bad, right? So let's go. All right. Thanksgiving night. We're going to pick a game. The Vikings are at home. They're laying two and a half against the Patriots. Listen, I've watched the Patriots twice, uh, very detailed in recent weeks. Uh, the Jets' defense did a great job in shutting them down, uh, especially this past game. The Patriots' offense is putrid. They're not just, um, like, getting shut down by a good defense, which they were. They they suck. They're really, really bad. I know it's Kirk Cousins in prime time. But I also, I will admit I'm biased on this pick. I do not want to root for the Patriots in this game. I will not root for the Patriots in this game. And I will not place a wager on the Patriots in this game. Give me the Vikings at two and a half. I will definitely bet the Vikings at two and a half. I think they win and cover that number. Please let me be right for the sake of my sanity. Um, Moving on. Okay, game number two. We will move to Sunday, 4 o'clock, where the L.A. Chargers are on the road. They are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Arizona Cardinals. This game stinks. Um, It really does stink, but the whole board stinks. Honestly, there's a lot of crappy games. Dolphins-Texans stinks. Um, Chiefs-Rams stinks because Stafford's probably not playing. That's a a 14-and-a-half-point spread. I'm not going to sit here and just go through. There's a lot of big spreads that are have good, you know, potential for blowouts. Eagles big favorite at home, Niners big favorite at home. 
So it's very hard to fucking pick apart this board this week. But I think back to Arizona Chargers, I think there's a good spot here. Kyler Murray's supposed to come back. Um, The Chargers don't seem to ever cover as a favorite, especially as a road favorite. They just lost another one. You know, I don't know how much longer this team keeps it together. I don't know when they give up and quit. I'm not saying Arizona's good. Arizona just got blown out by the fucking 49ers, but that was also with a backup quarterback. I think that's going to, I think the line's a little inflated. I think it should be three, definitely not four and a half. I will take four and a half with the home dog. Give me the Cardinals, four and a half. And finally, because I really fucking hate the board this week, I really, really do. I'm just going to move to Monday Night Football. Um, The Colts are a home favorite, two and a half over uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Low total game, 39. So they're they're telling you it's probably going to be a rock fight, and it makes sense that it would be a rock fight. Uh, I will say this much. I like Tomlin as a big, as as a dog in a primetime game. I know it's only two and a half, so you're not getting a full field goal here. Maybe it pops up to a full field goal. Probably not. But, uh... Regardless, I like the Steelers plus the points. I like the Steelers to win outright. So, um, yeah, take the fucking Steelers. There you go. So Steelers plus two and a half, Cardinals plus four and a half, Vikings minus two and a half. Those are my three picks for uh, Thanksgiving week in the NFL. Um, enjoy them. And I hope they win for you. Like I've been picking some fucking winners the past two weeks. I know I picked five of them, and there's one game I can't remember. Might be a winner. It might have been a winner, and I just can't remember it. But nevertheless, uh, I got to get the fuck out of here. But I figured I wanted to close up this week's podcast with a quick story of uh, Thanksgiving memories of mine. And that would be um, every year when I was a kid, my parents, my particularly my mother, would tell this same story every Thanksgiving at the table as if we had never heard it as if it was a new thing about how I was an evil piece of shit child and I one time locked us in a room in our old house back when we were very young kids there was a door that if you shut it all the way you could only open it from the outside you could not open it from the inside it was like the fucking shittiest door in the world. So every time we went into that and used that room, we could not close the door. We're not supposed to close the door because if you close the door, you were trapped inside the room. So I, being three, I was three, of course, knew that I was going to trap us in the room and I intentionally trapped us in the room because I'm an evil piece of shit. And my brother who's a hero, he's a heroic, five years old, uh, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, he was on the other side of the door, and he acted bravely, as my mother always describes, he was so brave in the way that he, he carried uh, a telephone up a flight of stairs, and he, um, he brought a fucking butter knife up, so my mom try, could try to pop the lock, He slid a butter knife under the door, bravely, of course. So brave, five years old. 
bravest kid that's ever existed. Anyway, so the whole story, he ends up calling my grandfather. My grandfather shows up to the house. He gets us out of the room. Everybody's happy, go lucky. And my brother Pete saved the day, right? He's a real true hero of heroes. He was five years old and he carried a butter knife and he dialed a phone number. So we got to, you know, whatever. So they actually sent this story to uh, Cheerios. Cheerios was running an ad campaign at the time. It was like the Cheerios hero of the week. And they Cheerios sent us a box with my brother Pete's story written on the box of how he saved us trapped in the room. Every year I had to hear this fucking tale of how much of a piece of shit I am and how great my brother Pete was. Till one year, we go out Thanksgiving Eve, me and me and my old bruh, and you know, we we're like early twenties at our at that time. We we go out and we tie one on, right? We we we're drinking all fucking night. And uh getting late and he looks at me and I could tell he's fucking trash and I'm pretty drunk too but he's like dude I'm gonna get a cab home you want to jump in the cab with me we'll go home I was like you know what I'm actually gonna stay and have another beer because my buddy Kevin was the bartender and he I was he lived next door so I was like we'll just we'll just take a cab home together it's fine and I'm gonna stay here and have one more with him so I stayed out. He went home. I got home that, I guess at that point, it was morning, four or five o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was, late. And I get into the house, and it's fucking billowing smoke. It's fucking smoke pouring out the front door. Uh, I see my brother laying on the fucking stairs. I go, I check him. He's fine. He's just sleeping. He's literally sleeping on the stairs. I don't know how he got himself into a position on the stairs to just lay there and be like, yep, this is comfortable and pass out. But, you know, drunk people fucking pass out in random places. What can I say? So now I go. I see that the oven is on. I fucking turn the oven off. I pop it open. He had leftover McDonald's from earlier that day that I guess he tried to reheat in the oven, but he passed out on the stairs and left it burnt. In the oven. So now I clean up. I fucking open all the windows. Nobody else in the house wakes up while I'm doing all this. I fucking, you know, air out the house. I drag his drunk ass up the bed, put him in his bed, go back downstairs. Once it's all aired out, I shut all the windows, shut the oven, throw the food out, all that good stuff. I go to bed myself. So fast forward now, it's Thanksgiving dinner the next day. We're all at the table and it's time to listen to fucking Cheerios hero bullshit again, you know? So my mom tells the story as she always does the same exact way with all the little details of evil Mike and the glory of Pedro. And, you know, after she's done telling the story, my father shoots me a look and goes, speaking of Michael fucking up, who almost burnt down the house last night, Michael. And he's staring me down, staring me down. 
And my brother Pete's st- sitting across from me, and he's not even fucking batting an eye. He's just fucking shoveling potatoes down his throat because he has no fucking clue. I don't even think, by the like, that's the one thing. He has no clue. He has no re- memory of this whatsoever. He's going, oh, fuck, did Michael almost burn down the house last night? What a drunken asshole. Anyway, I'm going to eat my food. And I was sitting there. And you ever have a great moment of just righteous anger where you just know you're 110% in the right? That's where I was at. I was sitting there just fucking basking in my fucking justified rage. And I looked at my dad and I went, oh, you want to know who almost burnt down the fucking house last night? This fucking asshole, I started pointing out my brother, like he almost burnt down the fucking house last night. And maybe you should write fucking Budweiser a letter like you did fucking Cheerios. Because guess what? I should be the Budweiser hero of the fucking week or the month or whatever. Because I stayed out to drink another beer. And by the time I got home, I saved the fucking day. That's what I did. So maybe that's what I am. I'm the He's the Cheerio hero. I'm the fucking Budweiser hero, pal. How about that? How do you like that? That was one of my best Thanksgivings. That's one of my fondest Thanksgiving memories. Was yelling at my fucking dad. (laughs) So, hey, I hope you guys have a Thanksgiving as good as that one. All right? Everybody enjoy it. And I will talk to you next week. Later. (laughs) 